Welcome to the U Calgary Faculty of Social Work podcast. Happy New Year. I'm Zoltan Baratti. We've got a really great episode today featuring an inspiring alumna from our, from our Edmonton campus, Rena Samra, BSW Class of 2018 and MSW Class of 2021. Also, Rena was recently named a Top 40 Under 40 recipient by Edify Magazine, and for good reason. Rena is involved in some really important initiatives in Edmonton, including bringing back the practice of yoga to its healing roots, and Solidarity, a support group for immigrant women offered through the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton in partnership with the Islamic Family and Social Services Association. Rena has a lot to share with us, so let's get to it. Thanks for joining us. Well, let's start with the most important question. Why social work? That's a good question. So I chose social work because originally, um, you know, I kind of knew that I wanted to go into a field being a support to others. So I had started out in psychology um, and I always kind of felt like there was a missing piece in my education. It didn't quite cover the scale of what um yeah, what I was looking for, I was kind of looking for a more bigger picture kind Mm -hmm. of focus on my education. And so I started to work a lot in the inner city, providing support for folks who are houseless. Um, And I started to notice a lot of systemic barriers that they were facing to gaining employment, gaining housing, um, a lot of you know, race, racism and um, poverty, oppression. So I started to get very interested in the social work lens and it really spoke to me in terms of um, these systems that we have in society and really kind of um, shifting the focus away from like the individual and their experience um, and also looking at like the wider lens of like this also explains why we experience the things that we do um, so that we're not putting all of the you know like blame or focus on an individual person for circumstances that are out of their control so um, yeah I started to get really interested in how systems impact us and how you know there are unequal power dynamics in society and folks who experience oppression I also um kind of noticed as, you know, myself coming from a background of being a racialized woman, um, coming from poverty, coming from trauma, how um, oppression impacts my life as well. So uh, social work kind of seemed like the natural progression for me to kind of get those missing pieces in my education to really be able to support folks in a more holistic way. So as I started to learn more about what social workers do I was like yep this is this is what I've been looking for and that's when I found the the BSW program and applied and kind of everything took off from there fell in love with social work um, the minute I started the program and just knew that this was the area that I wanted to be in and continue my education in. And you did your uh, master's with you Calgary as well as your BSW. Yeah yeah so I did I started my BSW in the fall of 2016 so I graduated in 2018. So um, I did it with the University of Calgary's Edmonton 
campus. Um, and I really, really appreciated the small cohorts, the connection that I had with my classmates, and the ways that I got to get to know my professors. And, you know, it felt like a really nice, you know, intimate community that we were building. And that's where I started to get really interested in community healing and relationship building is through that faculty because I noted um, just like the connection that we all had together and the support network that we created together and I felt like the faculty really held uh, space for that uh, you know kind of deepening in the learning self-exploration of who you know our who we each individually are and who we are as a collective. Um, so yeah, I, I did my BSW and then from there I, I knew right away that I would go and pursue an MSW as well. I you know, had fallen so in love with social work at that point that I knew I wanted to continue all the way. Um, and I was also really interested in kind of uh, deepening supports in terms of like providing therapy and healing opportunities for the folks that I work with. So I wanted to go a more clinical counseling route. Um, and I knew that the University of Calgary offered that for the MSW program. So um, yeah, it was just like the natural choice to continue my education because I had such a great experience and wanted to um, also focus in on clinical social work practice. I really liked that the faculty offered uh, trauma-informed practice specialization for the MSW as well, because I felt like that, you know, is so, so needed. And I hadn't really seen that in a lot of other programs. So I really wanted to focus on that because that's kind of how I view the world is through this trauma-informed lens. So I wanted to really focus in on that in my education. Let's uh, talk about some of the stuff you're, you're, you're doing now, uh, trauma-informed yoga and solidarity. Let's start with the first one. What exactly is trauma-informed yoga? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... I think my interest in yoga began very early on in my life uh, through my grandma who practices yoga daily as a form of, um, you know, spiritual, cultural practices. It's a way for her to heal her mind, body, soul, and spirit. And so it's something that's very deeply um, important to me and like my culture. Yoga originated in India and when it made its way to the West, it kind of changed in a lot of ways to become um, a commodified practice that is sold for, you know, fitness and, you know, wellness industry and so sometimes I think um, the the meaning the deep deep practice of yoga gets lost in all of that uh, you know marketing of yoga as an industry and so I you know my familiarity with it was kind of in the home as like a way to connect with my body as a way to connect with my ancestors my grandmother um, and I you know was would go to yoga studios in hopes of practicing, you know, in a more formal space. And I, I felt often quite shocked at um, 
the lack of representation of people who look like me in those classes, uh, whether it's, you know, mostly white dominated, mostly female identified, thin bodied, um, you know, ableist kind of framework. So I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of space for racialized folks in these classes or folks with disabilities, folks of different genders. Um, and so I felt very like, it was very problematic in that sense and often coming into those spaces and feeling like my culture is being sold back to me uh, in like an appropriative way. So um, that's kind of where I had decided that I wanted to take that power back and take uh, that practice and, and represent folks who look like me in the practice. And so I decided, you know, it was a long time coming of wanting to take a yoga teacher training and always feeling like, oh, it's not meant for me, I shouldn't be there. Um, and it was actually through a lot of my experience in the uh, MSW that helped me to connect with, um, you know, my, my cultural roots, you know, I went through quite a journey in the trauma informed practice stream where I, I really connected a lot with like my identity, my identity as a social worker and how I can utilize that in my practice. So I, as I started to really celebrate uh, these aspects of my identity, I decided to pursue yoga as a way of, you know, cultural healing method you know, something that I can utilize so that other South Asian folks can feel like, hey, like I can go to a yoga class and this will actually like speak to my cultural experience and have people who look like me in it. Um, so I took the training and I took specifically a trauma-informed yoga training because I wanted it to be um, something that was focused on how do we work with trauma survivors. And so with trauma-informed yoga, yoga originally was meant to be trauma-informed at its like natural core, you know, thousands of years ago when it was, you know, created by the yogis at the time, it was meant as a way to heal suffering in humanity. And it was meant as a way to unite people. You know, a lot of things that we, we see in social work of, you know, anti-oppressive practice and like human rights, that was what yoga was actually created for originally. Um, and somewhere along the lines when it came, you know, through colonization in the West, it became very much like, let's push ourselves to the limit. Let's, um, you know, practice, you know, this, you know, pushing our bodies and getting a full fitness benefit out of this, when actually trauma informed yoga is slowing down, and listening to our bodies and honoring our bodies exactly as they are and not having to um, modify or adapt it in a way to keep up with the rest of the people in the class or you know, keep up with a specific practice. So trauma-informed yoga, it should be led by the person themselves, you know, really supporting that safe attunement to our bodies in a way that is not, you know, pushing people past their limits. And also consensual, you know, sometimes we see in classes that teachers will put their hands on students to adjust them into different poses. That can be really triggering for a trauma survivor. Specifically, you know, I work in the field of sexual violence 
and that can be extremely triggering for folks that I work with. So it's about, you know, like not like asking consent and, and not having to invade people's space and trusting that people can actually like move and, you know, flow with the practice in the way that their body needs and really um, supporting that, you know, through the body, we can access so much mental healing as well. And that's, that's what yoga was meant for too, is uh, using the body as access to the mind and actually preparing the, the mind for meditation, which is a way that we can uh, then access, um, you know, all of the, the, the unity and the uh, humanity of the world as well. So yoga actually, you know, it, it, it follows an eight limb path originally, how it was intended. It's so much more than just a physical practice. It's like a whole way of living and being, and it's a set of values that someone holds. And it very much informs who I am as a person, who my grandma is a, as a person, and then how I practice as a social worker and counselor. Awesome. And the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, the Solidarity Project, uh, which sounds like a very important initiative. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, thank you. So basically what came out of that was, so I was working at the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton uh, and the role that I was in was a community counselor. And so my job was to um, you know, reduce barriers to access to support services for sexual violence for communities that um, experience barriers to um, to coming to, to the sexual assault center. So, you know, I had noted that specifically in immigrant and newcomer and refugee communities, there wasn't a whole lot of folks accessing our services. We actually didn't have a lot of people coming into counseling. And that really intrigued intrigued me and I wanted to know why because um, you know there is actually like a higher prevalence rate of sexual violence amongst marginalized communities so amongst uh, women of color and racialized communities like that we actually see higher rates of uh, violence and that's because um, you know some of the same power dynamics that exist in um, sexual violence are also reinforced and rooted in things like racism and um, you know gender discrimination and able so we actually see a correlation there. And so it felt really important to me to, um, to find ways that we could get more access to these services for these communities that are in pain and really needing that support. Um, and it's very dear to my heart too, because I come from a family of immigrants and immigrant women who have experienced a lot of violence in their lives. So it's, um, you know, it very personally, I, I was driven by this mission of like, also healing like the, the people in my family too. And so um, I started to interview, um, you know, my, myself along with my colleagues, we, we were interested in going to these newcomer agencies, interviewing service providers about what exactly are you seeing in terms of what are the barriers for people to um, get support for sexual violence? Like what, uh, what is preventing people from coming? And a lot of what we heard was that, you know, these supports are actually like 
not super culturally informed. You know, counseling is something very stigmatized in a lot of our cultural communities because it's actually not, um, it's not really culturally relevant. It, counseling does come from a very Western idea of healing and our communities use differing modes of healing, you know, sometimes um, I know a lot of us, we, we share food together and we tell stories and we, um, you know, we do our, you know, cultural or religious or spiritual practices and we connect with, with those pieces and that's, that's healing for us. And so we were kind of told that like, you know, counseling is kind of this weird thing that maybe doesn't fit into some of, um, you know, their cultural experiences. And also sexual violence is something highly stigmatized. It's something that is not spoken about in a lot of our communities. Um, it's very taboo. It's, uh, there's not a whole lot of awareness out there about consent, about, you know, what sexual violence is. You know, we see um, folks who are getting abused in their, like, in their marriages and, like, not realizing that that is, like, sexual violence because they are with their partner. And so, just like a lot of lack of awareness about these issues because it's so hard to talk about it's so difficult you know sometimes in in some of our cultural communities like um access to mental health supports is like unheard of it's like you know it's it's so hard and so we heard that there was a need to you know, find a way to bridge over these services, but do it in a way that is, you know, culturally informed, anti-racist, like really speaking to these communities. So a lot of what we heard from these organizations was that the one-on-one -on -one is going to be hard because someone's not going to feel safe to open up to you and they don't even know you. They haven't built a relationship with you. Um, so maybe starting to like come into our groups and like become a friendly face and build that relationship and trust with our communities, um, you know, in more of a group space where it's not so like targeted one-on-one -on -one, where people can kind of choose if they share or not because they're not like put on the spot one-on-one. -on -one. So yeah, we were told that like try groups first and then maybe we could see if people are comfortable doing individual counseling after that. So then we decided to create a group that is specifically tailored for this community that could offer this kind of education around topics surrounding sexual violence in a way that is accessible and inclusive for this community, specifically tailored for them. So, um, you know, then I did a lot of research, you know, gathered a lot of data from these communities about what exactly do you want to see in, um, in this kind of group. And so then through the topics that we were told by the community, we curated these sessions, we created um, and tailored information that we already had at the Sexual Assault Center about like consent and trauma and healthy relationships, self-care, all those kinds of topics. And we made it specifically tailored to culture and race and so um and so the sexual assault center of edmonton we decided to partner with the islamic family and social services association um, in order to have access to the community through an organization that's already working 
with the immigrant women. And so we have, we had a really wonderful uh, facilitator uh, from that organization join us. And so the three of us, you know, we developed this really wonderful working relationship. Like we created a bit of a community, just the three of us. And we used that to model community in our group because we had such a wonderful connection. Then we wanted to encourage connection in our group as well. So we each come from different cultural backgrounds, spiritual backgrounds, different experiences. You know, I'm not an immigrant directly, but I'm a child of immigrants. And the other two women I facilitate with, they are immigrants themselves. So we came from some different um, experiences, but still shared some commonalities. And we used our identities as a way to connect with the group and heal in the group and supporting that um, storytelling amongst the group. So, you know, group learning. So we're coming together and we're learning about these topics, but it's very group led. So the participants, they can share about their experience in their culture or how this topic relates to their life. And, you know, we become a community through being, you know, being connected, you know, intentional self-disclosure. I would talk about some of my experiences, which is often really looked down upon in the counseling world of like, oh, don't, don't share anything about yourself. But actually in our cultural communities, that's what they are looking for. They want to know that you get their experience and they want to, they want to know that you're a real person who understands that pain. And so through very intentional use of that in a meaningful way, we can create um, a lot of beautiful opportunities for learning um, in a way that speaks to their experience and is so much more meaningful. And yeah, so we basically, we did that and then it kind of took off from there. And at this point, we've run two rounds of this group already since it started earlier this year. And we've generated so much interest uh, in this group. We have people from different organizations who are like, whoa, like you're running this group. And um, the participants have given us really great feedback on it as well and, and really spoke to how it was helpful to um, have a group that is all immigrant women, all racialized people, you know, often we don't always see that in group spaces. And so yeah, it's been it's been a really beautiful journey and so impactful for me. Like it's been such an honor to do this group and I really believe in creating more group opportunities like this. Are you interested in starting your social work journey with a BSW from you, Calgary? You're in luck. We have three free online info sessions coming up. We'll provide an overview of our program and answer your questions about program options in person or mostly online. You can register for those over on our events page, and you'll find the link for that in the description of this episode. I'd like to thank Rena Samra for joining us today, and you for listening. Until next time, take care.